Good morning podcast. I'm Chef Ben and this is Food in 5 brought to you by HowToNotBurnShit.com, your modern culinary manual. And today we're talking about everything I know about curry. We have a lot to cover so we're going to jump right into it. So the term curry means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And it all depends on where you're from in the world. Growing up in rural eastern Canada, curry meant spice. It meant heat and mystery. Curry wasn't so much a part of food as it was the representation of some far-off land that I could never understand. Fair to say that I never really had curry growing up. Now, as I grew up, moved away from home, and started working in restaurants, I discovered that to some, curry just means stew or sauce. To others, it's a specific spice paste that gets added to stir-fries and soups. But what I didn't realize growing up is that curry isn't one thing. It isn't just some yellow spice blend that you buy from the grocery store. It is so much more than that. Curry powder. Now, curry powder as we know it is not Indian at all, but rather British. In Old English, curry simply means to cook. The form of curry is a 14th century British cookbook that I assure you has nothing to do with Indian food. Curry powder actually comes out of British colonization. People returning home from India in the 18th century wanted an approximation of the food that they had been eating while abroad. Some enterprising spice merchants saw a market blossoming and came up with the idea of creating an Indian spice blend. This blend could be added to anything to get the flavors of India, and whoever this person was kept things simple and went with the name curry powder or cooking powder. There are a few other versions of this story, but I find them slightly less practical, so I haven't included them here. Curry Varieties Although we often associate curry specifically with India, there are many countries that have their own indigenous versions of curry. Thailand is one very well-known example. The majority of Asia has their own types and styles of curry that are very different from anything you would find in India. Now, in all honesty, it would be impossible to talk about all the forms of curry in a single post. So today, we're going to focus mainly on Indian curries. And I promise you, even, uh, even this is going to be way too much for one post. Having said that, I'm going to jam as much information in here as I possibly can. Chili peppers. It's important to note that we often associate curry with spicy, hot food. And don't get me wrong, there are some very hot curries. However, curry has existed in India for you know, over 4,500 years, probably much longer. And chilies were only introduced to India in the 16th century. I think it's obvious to say that 500 years is more than enough time for a cuisine to adopt a new ingredient, and it goes without saying that Indian cuisine has full-heartedly adopted the chili. However, the point that I'm trying to make is that there are thousands of years of curry history that don't include chili, so liking heat is not a prerequisite to liking curry. It helps, but it isn't necessary. Now, I would say based on my experience, and I may be wrong, but that there are more curry dishes that aren't hot than ones that are. But that is also subjective and comes down to your tolerance for spice. But the, the overall point I'm trying to make is if you're staying away from curry because you don't like heat, you're missing out because it's not all about heat. The basis of curry. Giving you a roadmap to, uh, to making all curries is impossible. Within India, there are hundreds if not thousands of very specific curry dishes. All these dishes have hundreds of regional variations, and that's hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of individual dishes. Not really that surprising in a country with 1.3 billion people and thousands and thousands of years of history. Now what I can do is give you a place to start, a jumping off point that will throw you headfirst into the wonderful world of curry. So let's get into it. The Foundation 
pretty much every great cuisine in the world has three ingredients that are used to build the base flavors of that cuisine. In French, uh, in French cooking, it is mirepoix, which is two parts onion, one part carrot, and one part celery. In Spanish, Portuguese, and a lot of Italian cooking, it is sofrito, which varies depending on region, but usually consists of onion, garlic, and bell peppers. In Indian cuisine, it is onion, garlic, and ginger, often with chili included. Now, very often a paste will be made with onion, garlic, and ginger, which will be used in abundance to build the initial flavor profile of a curry. For this, I usually follow a similar ratio as I would for French mirepoix, two parts onion to one part each ginger and garlic. This is grouted to a paste and fried or sautéed in oil before other ingredients are added. Spices. Three very common spices in curries are cumin, turmeric, and coriander. Beginning with these three as a base is a great start. Adding other spices to these will create more specific dishes and recipes. Other spices often include uh, fenugreek, either ground seeds or leaves, cardamom, ground mustard, pepper, chili, curry leaves from the curry tree, star anise, bay leaf, cinnamon, and clove, just to name a few. A really good spice blend that you can buy as kind of an all-purpose um, is garam masala. This G-A-R-A-M-M-A-S-A-L-A. This is a blend of peppercorns, coriander, cumin, star anise, cinnamon, and bay leaf, often other spices as well. And it's really good for dipping your toe into the world of curry without spending a bunch to stock all the individual spices. Now, which spices you use and how much of each really depends on what you're cooking. Generally, I always say when making a curry, um, excuse me, generally I always say when making a curry, add as much spice as you think you need and then go back and double it. The thing that confuses a lot of Western cooks and eaters about curry is that it is not subtle. There is no playing coy with Indian flavors. They are big and bold and they are meant to be. And that's one of the many beauties of the cuisine. And so that is why I say put in as much spice as you think you need and then double it. It's because Western cooking is largely about delicate, subtle flavors and restraint. This mindset often leads Western cooks home or professional, with flat, bland tasting curries. Be bold with it. Cooking spices. Another thing that kind of differentiates the use of spice from Western cooking and Indian cooking is how the spice itself is used. In Western cooking, spices will often be added once liquid has already been added to a dish. In Indian cooking, some or all of the spice will be cooked briefly in oil with the onion, ginger, and garlic. This opens the spices. The heat uh, and the oil causes them to release their essential oils, which flavors the dish. This also changes their flavor. Now, care must be taken when cooking the spices in oil like this, as they will burn quickly. Uh, only a minute or two over moderate heat is all that is needed. And really, once they become aromatic, you can really start to smell them. That's what aromatic means. They are ready. And at this point, another ingredient, often a liquid, would be added to stop that cooking process. And because this all happens so quickly, it's always best to have all of your ingredients ready to go before you start cooking. Have all of your spices measured out and in one bowl so that they can all go into the pan at once if they are, you know, if they're supposed to. Have your liquid ready, just have everything ready. And spices can be added at different times throughout the cooking process to achieve different flavors, but that is a little too advanced for today's post. But I will talk about that in a future post. So liquids. Liquids used in curries can be as varied as curry itself. Water, stock, cream, coconut milk, tamarind juice, or just about anything else can be used. 
It really comes down to your desired result and the curry you are making. For lighter curries, use water or stock. For heavier curries, use cream or coconut milk. You can also use a combination of stock or coconut milk or, or whatever. Um, conclusion. First of all, I think I'm going to have to do a second part to this post because this is so much more, there's so much more to cover that I just don't have time to get into today. I do hope that by reading this, you have a much better understanding of what a curry is and how to make it. Having said that, sorry, I said reading, listening to this, you have a better understanding of what a curry is and how to make it. Having said that, the only real way to learn is by doing. So plan out a curry, find a recipe that you like, and make it, keeping all the principles I talked about here in mind. Indian cooking, like anything else, takes time and practice to get good at, but it's worth the effort. This isn't just because then you will know how to make curry. It's because the things you learn while making curry can be applied to all of your cooking and will make you a better overall cook. So that's part one of everything I know about curry. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food and 5, brought to you by HowToNotBurnShit.com, your modern culinary manual. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks. You can like, subscribe, rate, comment, do whatever you want with the podcast. It is yours. Share it. Tell your friends about it. Um, as always, thank you so much for listening. And I know that was a lot of information. And if you want it written out so you can read it in a nice format, go to HowToNotBurnShit.com. It's all right there for you. Thank you. As always, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I'll be back on Monday with another great episode of Food and 5. And Monday will be April. So enjoy the rest of your March, everybody. I'll see you soon.